welcome to podcast 25 on school improvement. Today's podcast is about the math dilemma. How do we get kids prepared for standardized tests? How do we scope and sequence a math curriculum that is usually the game changer for most kids being ready for post-secondary experience? So today's episode is math scope and sequence how to deal with the math dilemma. So unlike English language arts, math is very different. It is a different set of content and it also builds upon itself. In language arts, generally there's a set of prescribed standards that get progressively more complicated as you move through them. In other words, our expectations go up on what they should know. But generally, there's a set of standards, and hopefully by the time a student takes a standardized test, they're able to be successful on those. Math is very different, though. Math has algebra, geometry, stats, and probability that have to be taught, and they are all very different from one another, and... Algebra is the key, and algebra is more than a one-year class. It is a multi-year Algebra 1, Algebra 2, at minimum standard for kids. So let's start with Algebra 1. Should every 8th grader take Algebra? Well, the real answer is no. Unfortunately, in the state of Minnesota, where I am now, they make every student take Algebra. Obviously, they're all not ready. We have kids who are unsuccessful in eighth grade algebra who take a state standardized test and do poorly. The issue is what do you do with them in the fall of their freshman year? Secondly, the students who are successful, generally speaking, it doesn't matter what our scope and sequence is. They're going to be fine in spite of us or because of us. Either one, they're going to do fine because math works for them. They understand it and they can recognize the patterns and replicate the right answer. However, most good math students, some really like geometry and some really hate geometry. Geometry is not one of those subjects where people are on the fence. You're either all in and you like it, which tends to be about a third of the students I've talked to, and about two thirds don't like it. So let's talk about geometry. The issue with geometry is when do you teach it? Because literally only about six or seven questions on any state standardized test or an ACT or SAT are going to have geometry questions. And those questions are always, and I mean always, going to be plane and coordinate geometry. There will be no proof and theorem questions they're all plane and coordinate. Essentially, the geometry could be taught in about four weeks in a traditional classroom. It's all plane and coordinate geometry. Do you do it after kids have had algebra? Do you do it after they have algebra two? But then in their junior year, you want them to be prepared for a state standardized test or an ACT, which is predominantly algebraic. So geometry is a problem. It is literally a separate content stuck into the math field that we have to deal with. It's like taking a social studies test with an econ component. 
So the first math dilemma we're talking about is geometry. When do you do it? Again, for the kids who do well in eighth grade algebra, it doesn't really matter if you have geometry next or algebra two. They're going to be just fine. Math works for them and they get it. For the rest of the students, it's really important to think about geometry. If you're in a trimester, it's actually fairly easy. In their junior year, make geometry A something they have to take. I would require three blocks of math in the junior year, making one of those geometry A. One of them I would make an ACT math, and the other one I would make a stats and probability class and require three blocks in 11th grade and then only one in the senior year because most schools are required to have four years of math instruction. It doesn't mean you have to do two blocks every year. You can do three before you test to really help yourself. So in a trimester you can deal with the problem, do geometry B in their senior year, and for the non-college bounds I would do a geometry B in a personal finance. For the kids who are doing well, again it doesn't really matter the sequence. In a semesterized program, it's really difficult to deal with geometry. I would recommend that in geometry, you would do Algebra 1 and Algebra 2, and then in their junior year, you could do an integrated Algebra Geometry class in the 11th grade. If you integrate it, certainly what you're going to do is focus on the standards for the test and the geometry standards for the test. So I would recommend in semesterized programs an integrated math for their junior year to handle the parts of geometry which are small that you need to know and continue the algebra that is the backbone of those tests. Problem number two in the math dilemma in high school, stats and probability. When do you do it? How do you teach it? And where does it fit in logically for a student in math? I would tell you that the junior year is the most logical place. And again, if you're in a trimester schedule, having a trimester of stats and probability requiring the juniors to take three blocks of math, a geometry A, a stats and probability, and an ACT math predominantly focused on algebra solves that problem. So in a trimester, it's fairly easy to deal with stats and probability. If you're in a semester program, my advice would be to go into 9th, 10th, and 11th grade math and get an agreement amongst the teachers that their board work, some homework, and every test they have, have some stats and probability. And I would just put pieces of it in as you go throughout the year in both of those classes, in ninth and 10th. In fact, even in 11th grade, I would add in stats and probability as board work. So when you look at an ACT, SAT, or most state standardized math test, they have predominantly the test is mostly about algebra 
in an ACT, for example, there might be seven questions on plane and coordinate geometry and seven questions on stats and probability of the 60 questions. But an ACT is 60 questions for 60 minutes. So they have one minute per question. So it's really important to prep your kids well and to understand that they know they're not going to get every question right. Just put in their best guess and move on. So problem number three in the math dilemma in high school is what do we do with freshmen who come in without the math skills they need? How do we sequence them and what do we do? I would highly recommend that you make sure if students are unsuccessful in eighth grade that you have a ninth grade math class that's going to get them Algebra 1 proficient. Because without Algebra 1 proficiency, Algebra 2 is not going to happen. And it is the backbone of the test, regardless if you're talking about state, ACT, or SAT. So incoming freshmen, if they have less than a B in their eighth grade experience, or they don't pass the state standardized test, I would make sure they have a different math than the students who are successful. Again, the students who are successful, your scope is almost irrelevant. My preference would be to go to Algebra 2 in ninth grade instead of Geometry. I would put them in Algebra 2, a full-blown Geometry in 10th grade because there are students who are going to take trig and calculus. The second half of geometry, part B, what we call proof and theorem geometry, is a lot of the basis for what you do in trig and in pre-calc. So it's important that you use that geometry B for the students who really need it. The other issue is if you're in a semester program, that whole year has to be prescribed in a way that's different than the students who were successful. So you do have to have a split in math based on their performance out of eighth grade. The students, if they're in a trimester, now it becomes an issue of, do you put them all in the same class and say, you have to get a B or better to go to the second half, or you repeat it in the winter, or you have an Algebra Essentials class, something in place to give them math instruction all year long. Obviously, they're behind. I don't like telling students you're poor students, so now you got to take three blocks. My preference is you put them in a class and say at the end of the semester or trimester, if you don't have a B or better on this exam, you have to take three blocks of math all year long. You earned it based on your performance. Remember, performance dictates opportunity. Lack of performance creates consequences. Some districts use a trimester and put all the students in a remedial block right away in the fall. That's an option as well. I prefer the option of you put them all in a class and say, unless you want three blocks of math, you're going to have to perform this first semester to get to two blocks. Again, A or B, 
on the final exam from the first trimester, you go to block B. If you don't have it, you either retake that course or algebra essentials in the winter. But you've got to remediate freshmen on their algebra skills in ninth grade or they'll never be successful in math in Algebra 2. As you can see, a lot of these issues in math can be resolved by a schedule. It's the reason I'm a proponent of the trimester schedule, because it gives you flexibility and opportunity to move a child or to set expectations for them to be able to redo it or even to add in a class like Algebra Essentials. It gives you flexibility to fix things that aren't going well. It is a way to educate high school kids. But if you're in a semester program, you have to be even more strategic on what you do because they have limited choices. But those choices always have to center around building algebra skills and giving them plane and coordinate geometry essentials and some stats and probability. That's the key, and you only have so many blocks to do it in. So that's why I talk about integrated math, and I talk about making sure you use as many blocks of math as you can prior to the state standardized test or the ACT, SAT, whichever you use as a state record. Thanks for listening. I hope this sorted out some of your math issues. And as usual, please share this with others and keep listening to School Improvement by Mark Westerberg. Thanks a lot. I'll see you on the next one.